All right, the Low Post Pod is back for a second week in the summer 22 season. I am one of your hosts, Dan Ruggiero, joined always by the lovely PJ Thomas. Why don't you give us a hello again, Pete? What's going on, guys? Uh, glad to be back doing the podcast for a second week in a row. So we got some uh, feedback from last week, so we hope to improve on the podcast for you guys this week. Um, let me put my phone on Do Not Disturb while we're doing the podcast. Yeah, why don't you do that? Uh-huh, um, so, oh, you want yeah, me to no, start or you want to start? No, I'm just saying we're glad to be back and uh, hope you guys like it this week. All right. So we're going to do a little bit of a week two recap or week three recap rather. And then we're going to go into week four. And then we've got a couple other fun stuff for you at the end. I want to start by saying if you were a betting man and you followed all of the favorites on the spreads that we put last week, uh, you would have made money. You wouldn't have made a lot of money. You would have gone three and two. But we're going to start with one of the seven o'clock games. This one did cover the spread. Warriors, Ozone Boys, the battle of the 0-2 teams, and the Warriors pull it out. Final score, 81-75. Pete, what did you see, if anything? So I got there. Um, they were the game before us on court one. So I got there kind of at the tail end, but I did watch the highlights. Um, the Warriors had a bigger lead than the game finished at. Um, the, the Ozone Boys were able to kind of come back a little bit. Um, and I don't believe Kevin Figueroa played this game. Um, so it was an outpouring from Gian as we kind of expected. Um, but the big thing that we had talked about being the potential downfall for the ozone boys was going to be size and being able to stop Figueroa, and that was eliminated. So, um, I'm kind of surprised at the outcome of the game without him there, but, you know, give Testament to the warriors. Uh, they're a great scoring team as we've talked about. Um, you know, and I think they just did a good job of being able to finally get that win. They were a little bit more battle tested. I think they faced the top two teams, the only two undefeated teams in the league. So they were ready for that third game. I think, um, they just came to play ozone continues to struggle a little bit, but I think they're going to find their rhythm. Uh, but testament to the warriors in this one, you know, they really were able to pull it out and, uh, you know, close it out down the stretch. Yeah. I will say, if you look at the box score from this game, through all four quarters, the Ozone boys won three of the quarters. I think it was either the second or third quarter that the Warriors blew them out in. But every other quarter, they were coming out on top. It's just like they let that big run happen middle of the game, and they couldn't really claw themselves back from it. And now you have to wonder what this means for them because they're sitting 0-3, and they get only the fam next week. And that becomes suddenly a more interesting matchup than I thought it was going to be. Because, I mean, they were mentioning this on the post-game show. This is really going to be the test for only the fam, I think. They start 2-0. They get lobbed last week, and I think nobody really expected them to do much with that matchup. But now you've got Ozone Boys, and this is going to be the real, what are we getting as a product with only the fam? So I guess coming off of three losses that they probably shouldn't be 0-3, what are the Ozone Boys going to do next week? So I think this is going to be a really important matchup for both teams, um, for only the fam. They're going to need to win this game uh, to kind of solidify that they can be one of the top teams in the league. Um, I think a loss for them looks really bad here. Um, not that the Ozone boys are a bad team, but you to go two and one, then lose to an Ozone three team would, would kind of not negate everything they've done up to this point, but it would be, you would kind of question it. Right. Um, but for the Ozone boys this is a must win game. Um, you have to be, you have to be able to beat some of the top teams in order to win in this league. And I think for them next week is, no holds barred like they have to go all out for a win um if they don't and they're sitting 0 and 4 it's going to be really tough for them 
Um, they're going to be sitting at the bottom of the standings, which they've never been. Um, and, you know, I think it'll be, if they're able to keep up um, with Jaron Thomas, then I think they can do it. But this is definitely a must-win game for Ozone. They have to, last week was the first time we saw them not do the platoon swap where they go four and four out. They actually tried to keep the best guys on the floor with each other. Uh, it worked a little bit. Obviously, they won three quarters. Um, but I think they need to continue to do that. Um, with the personnel that they have. So uh, next week is a must-win game for them. They have to go all out to win that game. Yeah, I definitely think that. I feel like as far as where we go schedule-wise next, I think we cover all the teams that had zero losses here before we get to some of the the bigger games of the evening. So the next one, we'll go with the one-and-one Werewolves taking down the 0-2 Lincoln 18ers, final score 71-64. to We were saying last week – the game against Sin City, you didn't really expect the Werewolves to come out flat and lose that game. So it's good that they came back and got a seven-point win. Uh, Connor Harrington was back in the lineup, even though it doesn't look like it paid off as much in the stat sheet. He was the fourth of four guys that they had there. So I think anybody is a good body there. But they were able to come out. They took the lead into the half. It got kind of close towards the end. There were some some threes that were exchanged in the fourth quarter that made it a little interesting. But the Werewolves are able to pull it out. They don't cover the spread but it is a seven point margin. So what do you have to say? Pete? So speaking of the bets that we made, uh, we, we made some lines last week. One of them being um, Heston over, I think it was 24 and a half. I took the over. And then I also went out, had a hot take and said he was going to drop 40, have a Giannis type game. You said he was probably going to stuff the stat sheet and he did exactly that. So that would have been a great pick for anybody who's a betting man. Um, you know, Brian Heston definitely willed them to a win last week, but I think the, the bright spot for the, um, excuse me, the werewolves in this game is Gino. I think he had 20 something points. Um, might've been 26. If yeah. You 26. So 26 points. Um, and Connor Harrington only had two, but we said in order for the werewolves to win games this year, uh, Gino's gonna have to show up and he did, mm. which was huge for them. Um, and you know, as long as Brian has somebody else to get some buckets, um, he's going to be able to will you to a lot of wins in this league. Um, and I think they're going to be just fine. Uh, you know, they need more than four guys to show up. I know for a fact that that can be pretty tiring. Um, you know, we've had that happen before, but, um, you know, I, I think they're going to be fine. I don't know who their matchup is next week. And we'll talk about that a little bit later, but, um, you know, you have to ride the coattails of Brian Heston the rest of the season. You have to let him do his thing, let him have those big games. And then, uh, the supporting cast has to show up. Um, honestly, just even showing up is enough to get some guys there. So, um, and let Brian do the rest. And I think when you work through him for the werewolves, it's a, it's a positive, it's a success. Um, and, you know, we'll see what they can do from here on out, but uh, Brian's going to be the way that they win the games this year for sure. And for the 18ers, I think you look at the stat sheet, it was Ryan Musket and Chris Adams leading the way for them. I think it was like, maybe they had seven or eight threes combined. The big thing that I think of looking at the box score is I hope I'm going to pronounce his last name right. I don't know if it's Ethan Cloutier, Cloutier. Through two games, he was averaging close to 17 points. And he comes into this game against the Werewolves and he had puts up zero points and it was like 0 for 11 shooting. So he's a guy that has been putting up some points for them and keeping them in, in close games to start off. So you got to wonder what the final score of this game could have been if he was hitting. The good thing for the 18ers is, and Joey touched on it earlier this week, you can definitely see that they're starting to get adjusted to the low rims because they're playing one of those 
tested team, one of those veteran teams like the werewolves, and they're able to hang for uh, four quarters pretty much. But I think the good thing for them is this is a little bit of a ricochet shot. They do get bogey kicks next week. So they're starting to play better on the low rims. And I think finally their first win comes next week, which is a good thing for them. Yeah. I think they've made some steady improvements throughout the weeks here. Um, you know, Ethan Cloutier, that's how I'm going to say his name. Uh, he can't go 0 for 11. I expect them to win, especially since he's around that 20 points per game for them, which I said was the magic number for your role play, your, your key players on your team. Um, so I think it probably was an off night for him, but you know, in order to have success, they're going to need him to show up. Uh, their supporting pieces are really nice. Actually, they have some depth. So again, I'm going to stand by the statement that I think the Lincoln 18ers are going to win a game this year. I don't think they're going to go winless. They're too good for that, even though they're a new team. Um, but, you know, I, I think they're, they're trending in the positive direction. Right. And I think that's all you can really ask for in your first season, you know, and I think they're going to be able to grind out a win. Um, you said they face bogey next week. Uh, yeah, next, they get bogey next week. Next week's the week for them to, to take a shot. So yeah, I definitely have, think that you have two winless teams. Um, but I think the Lincoln 18ers are a much better team than bogey. Um, and I think they really have a shot to win. They have more scoring all the way around. So next week's a must win for them as well. We said ozone was a must win. Um, this one's a must win for Lincoln 18ers. Mm-hmm. Now closing out the matchups featuring Owen, two teams, the nine o'clock game was sin city and bogey kicks and sin city takes them down 90 to 63. It was Devin Pina again. I picked him when we were doing our two early awards. He was my rookie of the year and he comes through right after that. And he puts up 35 and 20. And I don't really think this game was ever in doubt. I know that I never want to sound too mean when I'm saying these things, but I mean, sometimes honesty is the best policy. So they win by close to 30. Uh, what do you see? So I had actually said during my takes that I think Sin City is going to blow them out this game. We set a line. I, I can't remember what it was, but uh, they we set it at nine and a half. Yeah. And I said, I think it's going to be a route much more than that, but we had to set it conservatively. I'm, I'm glad I made that pick. I was pretty confident that Sin City was a little bit more of a seasoned team. Um, they have some key pieces. We take them on next week, actually. Um, so it'll be an interesting game. I think they're a pretty good team. Yeah. Devin Pina had a great game. Uh, Taj Eddington, those, those dudes can play. So, um, you know, I think everyone kind of expected them to win this game. Um, and I think they're sitting at two and one now, right? Cause they beat the, uh, the werewolves. Yeah. 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 So I think they're uh, moving their way up the power rankings for sure. Um, this game, they definitely needed to win this one. This, this couldn't have been a trap game for them. Uh, that would have been really tough. Um, but you know, I think, uh, they have some key pieces. They need to continue to move up from here. They're getting better every week. Unfortunately, we have to face them next week as they're kind of hitting their stride. So uh, we'll see how that game goes, but I think they're going to be good from here on out. You kind of wish you could have faced them week one. Yeah, right. It would have been a lot better. Yeah, I mean, maybe even not because, I mean, the Duyez boys had plenty of rust week one, so who knows what that matchup could have been. (laughs) All right, so we're going to go to the first of the undefeated matchups. Lob City stays undefeated, takes down surprise Cinderella undefeated, only the fam final score of 118 to 95. So again, another game that I don't think anybody expected Lob to lose or kind of blow this game. Um, So not a surprising finish to the game. Um, I will say that, um, you know, you expected a little bit more out of uh, only the fam, but um, you know, this is going to be their toughest challenge to date. 
for them. So not too surprised here. Um, again, I don't, I don't, I question the depth with only the fam. I think that's their biggest concern is just adding more pieces overall to that team in order to stay in a game like that. Um, because, you know, in order to compete with lob, you have to have depth, right? They, mm-hmm. that's, that's their strength. Their strength is in their numbers. They can put any four guys out on the floor and, and run you off the court. So um, it's going to be tough for a lot of teams to keep up with them. I think only the fam did their due diligence um, and they're going to have a good matchup next week where they can definitely win this game against ozone. Um, you know, a struggling ozone team. This is, this is a huge chance for them to prove themselves against the season team who knows the league really well. Um, and I think ozone's ran into a little bit of a truck as far as like the teams that they faced, but you know, next week's a good matchup for both of these teams. It's a must win game for both. I think this is probably the most important game of the night. Um, it might be my pick for game of the week, even though Ozone's 0-3, depending on the matchups for next week, and we'll go over that. But um, in terms of importance, uh, I would say this is a must-win game for both teams, and I really look forward to watching this one. Mm. And you had mentioned that you said that lob strength is in their numbers. I think the big thing here is you look at who showed up to this game. They were missing Vic. They were missing Greg Holt. And they still win by over 30 points. And they have three guys score over 20 points. And five of the guys that showed up, I think five of them were over 14 points. So that just goes to what you were saying. They have so much depth that it doesn't matter who shows up. They have anybody that can beat you on any given night. Do you have the uh, box score pulled up from that game? I can pull it up for you. Yeah, pull it up. Because I'm curious as to how my Cody Crawford line ended up settling. Um, Oh, yeah. You're just checking the bets in the morning. Yeah, yeah. Just going to make sure it's all set. Let's see. Cody Crawford. Another big thing. I don't mean to cut you off. I'm sorry about that. That's okay. Another big thing that I notice is Jose put up 37 points and he didn't even start the game. That's the product you're going to get with Jose. Unfortunately, Uh, Mm -hmm. he's going to be tough to defend every night when he goes in the game. It's uh, it's very difficult to stop him. Um, They didn't shoot many threes this game, four of 14. Um, Not the worst night, not the best night, but um, obviously they pounded the ball inside, dropped 118 points. Uh, my pick for player of the game was going to be Cody Crawford, but he didn't have the eight, three point barrage that I expected him to have. Um, you know, and Jose did his thing. I mean, on a night where he's dropping 40, it's going to be pretty tough to win. Uh, mm. Colin Burns had a good game, which he usually does. And then Nuri was able to play well down low. So like, I mean, everyone on that stat sheet contributes. So, um, it's, it's tough to beat them, especially when they're on. And especially when Jose's dropping 40. Um, but, you know, I think that's what everyone's expecting now. They've won every year except for one. Um, that being to us in the winter 19 season. Um, but, you know, you, you know what you're getting from them. They're season champions. They're a dynasty in this league. Um, and they're a tough team to beat every single year, every single game. So uh, we know what we're getting from them going forward. And, uh, you know, it'll be interesting to see how they um, if they can maintain this undefeated streak throughout the rest of the season. But, you know, I think they're seasoned for it. They're ready for it. They're going to be a team that's, if they're not in the finals, I'll be absolutely shocked. Um, but, you know, we know what we're going to get from them. So I don't think any of this is unexpected. Um, as we said, they can throw any four players out in the court and win the game. So uh, we'll see when they get Vic back, it's going to be really scary. So, um, you know, they're going to do their thing the rest of the way. And I will say before, we move on to the last game, the game of the week. I do want to scroll up to only the fam stats. And I got to give a shout out to Jaron Thomas and Tucker Aiello. They had 64 of their team's 95 points and Tucker went seven for eight from three. So I think that 
depending on, I don't think you're going to get that every night from both of them, but depending on what they have coming for them next week, that could be a, still, you already mentioned it, a very good game against the Ozone boys. Absolutely. Mm. So moving on to our final game of week three, the game of the week, never a doubt. Uh, Duye's boys take down the halfway crooks, 67 to 65, real nail biter, but Duye's joins uh, Lob City as the only remaining undefeated teams. So from somebody that was on the court watching it and playing in the game, tell me what you noticed. So another off shooting night for us. Um, I think we shot around 30% for the game from three. Um, Zach had a tough night shooting the ball, as you can see from the live stream, uh, not his typical self, uh, usually knocking down a couple of threes, but he struggled a little bit. Um, Johnny was struggling a little bit from three, but luckily when you have uh, as much talent as we do on the roster, uh, you have guys that can carry you if someone's having a bad night. So for us, it was Vinny, um, a guy who I think should be in the MVP conversation always. Um, he was in it last year. I think he won most improved last year. Um, mm. going from like 10 points a game to 30. Uh, but you know, Vinny was able to carry us for this game, uh, do his thing on the boards, passing the ball. Uh, and he shot the lights out 54% from three. And they were some pretty critical threes for us. Um, you know, Shane goes, goes down early this game, getting thrown out. Um, got into it a little bit with Spence. Uh, Spence got teched up. Shane got a double tech. Um, you know, and things happen, obviously it's just all ball talk and, you know, it stays on the court with us and we try to leave it there. Um, uh, but that's definitely tough for us losing a guy, especially when Wolfie was hurt. So we didn't have him. So, uh, you know, Nate was the first guy off the bench, uh, then me and Verducci. So, um, you know, it was a short bench once Shane <coughs> exited the game. Um, and we had to kind of keep the lineup in there that was doing hot, uh, and scoring the ball, you know, we fit down 13 at half. Uh, we talked about it at halftime. You know, we just got to do our thing and uh, keep the hot hands out there. And, and we were able to. Brian Yarth played great, hit some really clutch threes for us. Uh, like, again, uh, Vinny shot the ball really well, shot like hell. So, um, and then, you know, Johnny, even on a bad night, is going to give you 20 points and then play great on the defensive end. So I think that's what kept us in it. Um, we never feel as though we're out of a game, even down 13, um, where it can get kind of daunting, where they're hitting every shot and you're like, damn, we can't get anything to fall. So, um, you know, keeping that mentality that we can win every game that we play is huge for us. Uh, it'll be nice to get Shane back next week for our matchup because we're going to need him. Um, but, you know, it was a good game. Credit to halfway. They played really, really well. Um, mm -hmm. Jeff Winchell played great. He's a big body down low. We knew we were going to get from him. Um, you know, just, just a little add on here. Uh, I did get some heat from Spence saying that last week, uh, you know, the flaw in his game was his three-point shooting. I walked in the gym. He said, I'm going to light it up for you tonight. Um, he went 0 for 10 in this game from three, which is what we were going to try to force him to do is to shoot. Um, 0 for 7, actually. Oh, what, was it 0 for 7? Okay. Yeah, um, I will say, and I did go through the um, the live stream that you put up, not the Snapchats, again, a second time. Because I think it was he had 15 points in this game. And I think after the first quarter, he had seven points. So I think more than half of his points came in the first quarter. So you guys really found the kryptonite, found the antidote. And, you know, he said he was getting kind of chippy with you about you making the comments about him shooting. I don't go every week, so I'll I'll just take it. I mean, it's like, have you watched The Office? Yeah. It's like the Michael Scott quote. It's like, fool me one time, strike one. Fool me a second time, strike three. And right. it's like, I think three games is enough of a sample size in a league where it's only eight regular season games that 
if you spend two games back to back without a combined one for 17 from three, I, we pretty much know what we're going to get from you. Yeah. And again, uh, you know, I tried to explain that us on the podcast isn't taking a knock at anybody. It's just trying to identify patterns that we see. So when we see a guy struggling to shoot, um, any team is going to try to take advantage of that. Um, you know, Shane's not the best three point shooter teams will leave him open on the three point line. We know that he knows that, um, you know, he might get hot every once in a while hit five, but, um, you know, it doesn't make anybody a bad player. It's just trying to, you know, everybody has flaws in their game. Everybody has areas to improve on. That's what we kind of try to take advantage of. We said, you know, let him shoot. If he's, if we're going to lose by him hitting 10 threes and we're going to lose. Um, but, you know, we didn't. The other lose thing that I had noticed about his shooting performance, because we had mentioned it was over seven from three. Right. Rewatching the game outside of one free throw. I don't think a single shot that he hit was maybe five feet outside the basket. They were usually layups or dunks. Again, I'd love to be proven wrong. If he comes out in like this week or the next week and he hits like three or four threes in a game and is pretty efficient about it, I'll, I'll backtrack. But I mean, as of right now, this is, I mean, this is the hand we've been dealt. No, and I think they definitely need him to start putting up those kinds of numbers in order to make a deep run. I mean, Hanson didn't hit as many threes as it felt like. It felt like he hit 20 um because he hit him some pretty crucial spots but they need that third guy with him and winch with uh hansen and winchell so um no spence is a good player i mean he definitely gave us some trouble in that last game we were just able to to do the thing that we do best defensively and and you know hold them to 15 uh that was kind of our game plan let somebody else beat us um and they almost did so uh credit to them but you know i think um that's also a credit to our defense as well we were able to uh, find what we need to do in order to win the game. Um, you know, and we just, uh, we let halfway shoot. That was our game plan. And uh, it ended up working out well for us. We were able to hit some shots down the line uh, towards the end of the game and, uh, you know, get the win. So I think it's a testament to us to be able to close out tight games because you need to be able to do that to win a championship. Um, but, you know, credit to halfway. They played really great. It was a great game. Absolutely. The game of the week, right pick from Joey. Um, you know, we look forward to playing them again in the playoffs for sure. So the question I have before we move on to some week four forecasting is if you look at it and if you watch this game, it effectively came down to shooting free throws in the bonus. And I think that halfway sometimes has this problem where if they get beat on a fast break or in transition, instead of like trying to get back or just letting the transition bucket happen, they'll as close to clear path foul as they can. And I think towards the end of the fourth quarter, that kind of bit them in the ass because they got into the bonus a little bit sooner than they probably should have. And it gave you guys a little more of a cushion to kind of not ice the game, not put it away, but at least give you some sense of comfortability going into the last minute. Yeah. I mean, we were, def we were shooting free throws with a minute plus left. Um, Luckily for them, Zach was having a bad night, so I struggled from the free throw line as well. Uh, I think they put him there like four or five times. Um, you know, he's going to bounce back. He's going to have. He's going to be fine. Um, but you know, we didn't shoot great from free throw line. They didn't shoot great from the free throw line in a tight game. That's the difference. So, luckily, we hit a few more free throws, um, and they didn't. And I think that's really what it came down to. But yeah, they definitely put us in the bonus really early. They, I don't know why uh, teams like to do that clear path foul. I know they don't call clear paths in the league, but I think when you're, when the game ends up being close at the end and you're already in a little bit of foul trouble, it can bite you in the tail uh, for sure. And, and it did here, I think. So I think 
you know, the werewolves used to do that. Um, they don't do it anymore. Um, they do like to foul early, but you know, halfway has always been a team that likes to foul in the transition and not allow a bucket, which is fine. That's, that's if you want to run that game plan, but, um, and, and it's definitely a strategy, but I think at some times when the game gets close, it can bite you in the butt. Um, and I think for them, it did here. So I would caution halfway about doing that. I would just say, you know, try to get back on defense, try to play that, or if not, just let the bucket happen and, uh, you know, go get another one because then you still leave yourself some time on the clock. Um, you're not in foul trouble late. And, you know, when the game gets close, if you have to foul with 50 seconds left, then go ahead. But, you know, minute plus, I don't know if I'm jumping into the bonus just uh, right away. So. All right. So that's all of our week three action. As far as moving into week four action, I think it's fair to stick with the Douye's boys because we're on the roll talking about them and then we'll kind of segue into everything else. So 9 p.m. game week four, Douye's boys at 3-0 and get Sin City, who, is, who are now at 2-1 and after losing their first game of the season. What do you think the keys to the game are for both sides of the court? So I think for us, it's going to be to have a better shooting night again. Obviously, you saw what happened when we played the Warriors and we shut the ball well. Uh, you know, we won easily. Um, we need to continue to play our game defensively, get out in transition, dunk, fast break, um, play through Johnny. Um, and, you know, I think we're going to be fine. We get Wolf back next week. Uh, so that'll be a nice little depth off the bench to have again because he's a great defender. He's a, uh, you know, he's a good offensive player. He's kind of an all-around guy for us, and he's a really great pickup. So it'd be nice to have him back, Shane back, um, so that I'm not one of the first people off the bench because I think uh, that's not, uh, you know, our ideal situation. But um, you know, we just need to continue to do our thing. And I think we're ready to go with any team, um, for Sin City, it's going to be playing through those big guys because, um, again, and I've said this, our strength is in our guards and I don't think any team's going to be able to compete with that, but you know, if their bigs can attack Shane and Nate and, you know, really do a good job down there, then they might have a shot. Um, personally, just being biased, you know, I think we're going to win every game that we play, but, um, you know, I think that this is definitely not going to be an easy win for us. It's not going to be, you know, they're going to, they're not going to roll over. They're not those kind of guys. Again, and we've talked about it, you know, those guys are great dudes. They're probably one of the only teams that we don't ever have beef with. They're, they're cool guys. So uh, it's going to be a good game. It's going to be a clean game. Uh, it's just going to be the better team that wins the game. So hopefully it's us. I think it's going to be us. But, you know, both teams need to continue to improve on what they're doing right now in order to win this game next week. And I think it's going to be a great matchup. Could be a candidate for a game of the week. Um, it might be just because the team's records compared to the Ozone game that we'll talk about a little bit. But um you know, I think we're ready. They're ready. And it's going to be a great game. Yeah, there are, there are a lot of candidates for game of the week this week. And unfortunately, we do have to give it to one. We can touch on that. That'll be the last week four game we cover will be the actual game of the week. But it's a shame because you've got Duye Sin City. And now let's move into another good matchup that I think is going to ensue from this is the Rhode Island Warriors against the halfway crooks. And I think for me, the big thing for this game is, is Kevin Figueredo there? Because he wasn't there last week. I don't know who they gave his stats to because it, it wasn't Kevin. But if you look in the box score, it's his name with stats next to it. It was someone else. I don't know who it was. But not having Kevin, you were able to get by against the Ozone boys. I don't know if it's as easy of a task for them to get by the halfway crooks without him. So I think... If he's there, if they've got their full roster, they've got a very good chance of both those teams leaving week four, both at two and two. Yeah, you know, I think the Warriors are going to have a good matchup here. I think that's another chance for them to win. Uh, it's a good game for halfway to try to win here. It's going to be the battle of the bigs here. Jeff Lintrell and Figueroa, if they're both there uh, going at it, um, you're going to get 
a, uh, you know, a great matchup down low, a lot of post-ups, not as much as, uh, not as thrilling as we like to see in the league, but it's going to be, uh, it's going to be a good game. I think, uh, Jared and Spence are really going to have to play well on the wing and, and on the perimeter in order for the halfway crooks to win this game. But, you know, I don't know if they have anybody athletically that can match up with Gian either. Um, and nothing, not taking anything away from Spence, but Gian's a, a special talent right now in this league. He's playing great. Um, I think he's going to have a good game because I don't know if they have anybody that can defensively play him. But, um, you know, I think it's going to be, it's more of a toss up than it's, than it seems, it seems like right now. Um, I think it's going to be, if everyone's there, it's going to be less than a 10 point game come, uh, you know, the buzzer going off the fourth quarter. So, um, you know, I think both teams have a shot to win this game. It's going to be another great game. Um, I'm going to want to watch it. So, um, we'll see my pick for this game is going to be, um, I'm going to take halfway here. I think they're a little more seasoned, a little more ready to go coming off of a, a tough loss, a game that they could have won against us. Um, I think they're going to be ready to go for next week and want to win this one really bad. Um, I think the Warriors might be sitting a little high that they got their first win, not to take anything from them, but you know, I think halfway is ready to go. And so that's my pick for next week. Um, you know, between that game. I'm going to actually pick against you. I think full roster. If everybody's there, I want the Warriors. Because I think I was listening to Gian's interview after their win last week. And he was saying like, oh, yeah, the chemistry's there. Now we're rolling. Like, everything's looking good. He's like, and we're going to surprise some people. And when it gets to the playoffs, it doesn't matter if you're 10-0. and It doesn't matter if you're 0-10. Anybody can come in any given night. And if you beat every team that you have to face, you win. So I think that full roster there, that's going to be a very interesting game. I think that's another good pick for game of the week in my opinion for sure and i think it's going to be it is going to come down on the wire like i said um i hope gian has a great game so my rookie of the year pick looks really good um i like gian he's a cool kid i talked to him a little bit last week uh, he seemed to like the podcast so i give him another little shout out but uh you know i i think it's going to be a great game all the way around and uh, i look forward to seeing who wins okay so last week we had two games that were both featuring two undefeated teams. So we were going to have some people knocking off, uh, get their first loss of the year. This next game, one of the seven o'clock games is an interesting case where you've got two winless teams and someone's going to walk out with their first win of the year. We've got bogey kicks. We've got Lincoln 18ers. I want your insight. I think you already know where I'm going because I already have talked highly about one team and lowly about another, but I want to hear what your thoughts are. I'm in the same boat. I'm going Lincoln 18ers here. Probably would bet my life on it if everybody shows up for them. Um, not to take anything away from Bogey, but they're just, I don't think they're ready to win a game yet. Um, I think Lincoln's kind of sniffing it. Um, they smell a little bit of blood this week for sure. Uh, keeping in, they were in a tight game with us and a tight game with the werewolves. They're definitely, a, I think, a better team all the way around. Um, they probably smell the blood in the water this week. I think that it could get really ugly for Bogey this game because you have a team that has nothing to lose and, in Lincoln, if they start getting hot, they can get a couple wins. Um, and I think they're going to want this one really bad. I think, I, I, you know, when watching bogey play, they get a little heated at each other, pulling each other out of the game. Um, that's not a recipe for success in this league, for sure. Um, I think Lincoln's a bunch of guys that like each other. They have some good chemistry, so they're ready to go. I, I, my pick is Lincoln here by plus 10, um, you know, 10 or more. So I think they're going to win this game going away. Um, and again, I don't think bogey's shown us that they're ready to win a game yet. I'm not saying that they can't, but you know, they haven't given us any other reason to think otherwise. So uh, my picks in the Lincoln 18ers here. 
My pick is also the 18ers, but I think when you look at Bogey's roster, they do have guys like, oh, what's their best player? Not to be confused with Devin Pina. Their best player is David Dapina. So, I mean, he looked like he could fill it up in the highlights that I was watching. Then they've also got the big guy, Mike Evans, not to be confused with the wide receiver. I mean, they've got guys that can, that can do anything on a given night, but I mean, you even said it doesn't look like everything's fully there cohesively as a unit as a team for bogey and i definitely think that over the last few weeks it has looked like lincoln has been putting some pieces together so you can hope that they get a shooting night like um oh who was it <clears throat> adam musket and chris adams like they did last week on the 18ers but you also hope you can get a guy like ethan to actually hit some shots and really help them run away with this game for sure all right and now moving on, we'll save the game of the week for the end. Matchup four is going to be the 0-3 Ozone Boys against 2-1 Only the Fam. This is yet another matchup that I think is a game of the week contender, even though it's an 0-3 team that's involved in it, because if anybody knows this league, they know the Ozone Boys do not play like an 0-3 team. No, this, is my, this would be my pick for game of the week, because I think it's a must-win, like I've said, on both sides. Um, only the Fam to keep themselves... Uh, relevant in the sense of, you know, that we can be a top team in this league and beat anybody. Uh, and Ozone to start their bounce back. They got to do it now. Um, you got to prove to the league that you cannot beat up on the bad teams, not only beat up on the bad teams, but get a win against a, a, a team that's higher in the standings, um, which th- we know they can do. I don't know what the disconnect is for them this year. Um, I, I My pick is Ozone here. I think that they're pretty pissed at this point. Um, they have something to prove to everybody because I think everyone's kind of questioning them and saying, you know, what what's going on? Um, this is their chance to turn around. They really need to turn around starting this week. Um, I think they can do it. Um, it's going to be, can they stop Jaron Thomas? If they can't, they let him drop 40, then it's going to be a problem. Um, but if I think you look at, uh, if you look at their schedule, what they have coming up, they've got only the fam this week. Then they've got round three of the boy bowl. The week after that, they've got the Duyes boys. And then they get a week with the 18ers where that could be a interesting game, depending on how they keep progressing. And then you get lob and you close it out with bogey. So I think you at least get one win this season, but if you lose this game against only the fam, it's going to make the road in the playoffs a lot more difficult for the ozone boys. So looking at that schedule, I see one game that they're favored to win. So, um, only the fam, they can't, they, they're not the favorites to win in this game. I don't think anyone would pick them to be the favorites in this game. I can't imagine that they're going to be the favorites in the Boy Bowl um, if we're sitting at 4 0 come next week. Lob, they're not going to be the favorites to win. Lincoln's going to be a tight game. So like, that's maybe a coin flip. And then obviously you pick them against Bogey, but they have a tough road. They have a very tough schedule. Uh, they definitely need to, to win this game. They need to win the Lincoln 18ers game. They need to win the Bogey game to have three wins. Because so I think that won't keep them. If they have a minimum of three wins, they won't be last in standings. And it'll be a little bit easier of a road. They've kind of already set themselves up to have a difficult road come playoff time. Uh, they're going to have to face one of the top teams in the first round. Um, you know, I mean, they could prove everybody wrong and went out. Uh, they're good enough to do that. They've beaten us. I mean, they beat us without the Hogan boys. So, um, I mean, back to when they had Noah and Jason, but, um, you know, they're a good, they're a good enough team to do that. So, um, you know, do I, 
think that they can win more than one game this season? Absolutely. I think they should. I think they should probably be sitting around two and one maybe um, right now, but you know, they got, they got to turn it around. And I think this is the week to do it. This is the week to make a huge statement, a new team that is on their high horse right now, being two and one up in the power rankings. Uh, they're at the top. So this is, this is the week to do it. This must win for them. No doubt. Absolutely have to win this game. Yeah, and I think for both of these teams who I need to look at only the fans remaining schedule, but if you look at both of these teams and at the end of the year, they might really try hard to finish around 500 with the talent that they have at certain ends of, of their teams. It's, I mean, we've even seen it with the Duyes boys the year that we won the championship, those 500 teams on any night, they can compete. So it's just a matter of give yourself the best possible path in the playoffs and I hate that we're only three four weeks into the season and you're already thinking about it but the regular season's only eight weeks so you really do have to start thinking about that yeah you want to set yourself up for the best possible road um you know we saw that in the playoffs with the Celtics right they they had probably the toughest road all the way through um I know for a fact we set ourselves up to have a tough road the year we won the championship luckily we were able to overcome that but you know you don't want to have to take on those juggernauts early it's not fun you get tired. It's uh, you know, it's a lot to keep going after that, but you know, they're gonna, they're gonna have to do it. And I think they can, they have the legs to do it. So we'll see how they do the rest of the way. Same for only the fan. They, they have to keep winning in order to not have to have a tough road come playoff time, but you know, we'll have to take a look at their schedule, you know, after this podcast or whatever, but um, you know, I, I think it's going to, this is a must win for both teams. I don't know how many times I can say it, but they have to, they, they both have to win. So now moving on to the actual game of the week, for week four, it is a rematch of the winter 2019 finals, a game that went to double overtime with the winner winning 89 to 84. It is Lob City versus the Werewolves. <sighs> yeah, this wouldn't be my pick for game of the week. I mean, I love the Werewolves. They're cool dudes. They're not having a great year. I mean, they're not 0-3, but they're not the same Werewolves of old that was in the finals. Um, Brian's going to have a good game because he always does, but you know, what do they have to compete with lob after that? Um, you know, and, and lob strength is in their numbers. And right now for the werewolves, their strength is the exact opposite. Their strength is not in their numbers. They only have four guys that show up on a given night. So I don't know how much more Brian can carry them. I don't think they get blown out by 50, but you know, my pick is lob here. Unfortunately, as much as I'd like to see the werewolves get a win, um, you know, I, I don't, unless Brian gives you 50 points, you're going to be, you're going to have a tough time winning this game just because of your depth issue. Um, I think they've recognized that their depth is an issue, um, you know, and, and Connor Harrington's going to have to compete with Nuri down low. Brian's going to get guarded by Jose. He's going to have to guard Jose. And I know Brian can do it because Brian's probably the best defender in the league. No doubt. Um, he's going to have to shut Jose down and hold him under 15 points. Um, if he can do that, they have a shot but he's got to literally play the best game he's ever played on offense and the best game he's ever played defensively, which he can do. He can put up 50 points, 15 rebounds, 10 steals, um, you know. And, you making another prediction here? Um, are you, are you calling it? 35 for Brian this week. Okay. 35 points, 12 rebounds, eight assists, six steals, four blocks. You're certainly holding him to a very high standard. I, that's how highly I think. Oh yeah, no, I know. Me, but and, now building and, off of the point you were making again, I'm cutting you off again. That's okay. That's okay. Building off the point you were making. 
the big discrepancy between the two teams is numbers. <clears throat> like they were talking, Brian was saying in, after the game last week that most of them were coming from another men's league that they were playing in and they were all gas. So even though you did have enough guys to start a lineup, you're not like full energy, 100% ready to go. And you've got guys that have shown up here and there for the werewolves that are capable of putting up like 16, 18 points. And then you've got a guy like Gino who on a good night, he can put up 20, 25 points. So it's just a matter of what combination of werewolf basketball are you going to get? Yeah, for sure. And what I was going to say before is, you know, Brian Heston's the kind of guy where if the werewolves aren't playing the season, we're going to scoop them up. Like everyone, but my point is like everybody in the league would love to have Brian on their team. So when we speak highly of him, it's because we know what he's capable of. Um, there's not a team that wouldn't take Heston. It, you would be ignorant to, to do that. Um, you know, he's just that good. So um, he competes for the MVP every year, right with Jose and with Johnny. That's usually those three that are in the conversation. So, um, you know, that's how good of a player he is. And he needs to be that good this week in order for him to win. All right. Those are our week four matchups to close it out. We got a little fun segment we're going to do in honor of the upcoming NBA draft. We have decided to go through and essentially do a round one of a legacy leagues draft in which every team is going to be able to add a former player to their current roster. So Pete, I know, do you have them pulled up? I do have our picks pulled up. Yes. All right. So we're going to go every other. I want you to start off with the first overall pick in this mock draft. So to kind of give you some insight of how we ordered the draft picks, it's based on current record. So if the season were to end today, this is how the draft would play out. Um, So the first pick would be bogey kicks. um, And our pick for the draft here would be Matt St. Hours, former offensive player of the year, great ball handler, uh, would give another score, uh, you know, to put alongside David DePina, um, you know, can drop 30, 40 on a given night. So um, our pick here is Matt St. Hours, one of the, probably the best player on Good U, a championship, you know, second place finisher against us. Uh, they played a great game against us. So Matt, Matt's our pick here, real estate agent of the year. Um, you know, I think that's a great addition for bogey kicks. It's definitely a pick that you don't think of in terms of best player available. You think of like best fit for what the team needs. And you watch the videos of bogey and it looks like some of the guys that bring the ball up the court for them aren't as adept with the handle. And Matt definitely was a guy that was like that. So I think team need wise, that is a, that's a, that's a good addition to, to bogey kicks. Moving on to number two, as they are 0-3, the Ozone boys would pick number two in this draft. And we're going to add an old familiar face. We're going to give them Noah Berg, the former Ozone boy. Uh, Pete, I want you to talk about it. We're going to have you just go back and forth here. That's fine. Um, Noah Berg, one of the best players to play uh, for the Ozone boys in their roster, recent roster changes that they've had. Um, they need to get their big back. Uh, he was the top scorer for them, top rebounder, best defender on that team. Um, we think he would fall to two here for them because Bogey wouldn't want to take a big here because they have the Pina who's, who's a little bit bigger. Um, we think the Ozone boys reunite here with Noah Berg and bring him back, and there'd be a great pick for them. So I think it's just what they need. Uh, a little uh, reunification here uh, would go a long way. 
All right, why don't you announce pick three and then I can talk about it and then I'll announce pick four and you talk about it because I know how near and dear to your heart pick four is. So Absolutely, I do three. want to talk about pick four. So pick three would go to the Lincoln 18ers. Um, you want me to announce the pick or? Yeah, you announce the pick. Sure, so Lincoln 18ers are going to steal uh, from an old Werewolves roster here for pick three and go with Dave Campbell. Um, if you want to put it in 2K terms, they're going to take someone from the all-time warrior, uh, Werewolves team and uh, take pre-ACL tear Dave Campbell um, with the third pick overall. So, Danny, give it a little insight. Here. Oh, yeah. He was a guy that he came in, I think, our first year in the league. It was also his first year in the league. And he was just incredible at scoring the ball. And then, like, after two or three weeks in the winter season, he goes away. And we're like, where did Dave go? And he's, they were like, oh, he went to go play in college. So he's not coming back. And then I'm pretty sure he came back for that finals appearance that the werewolves had. And he was a big catalyst on that offense for them. And then he comes back the second year in the winter and unfortunately injures himself in the second game of the year. We had a fully healthy Dave and they beat us that year. But Dave is a guy that he would go, he would do a little bit of everything a um, little bit better of a shooter than someone like Brian was. I mean, I would trust him more outside, even though I would trust Brian, you know, slash and get into the rim a little bit more, but Dave Campbell is our pick. All right. Number four, we have the Rhode Island Warriors. Pete, so, you're going to love this. We have the good you uh, legend, uh, Brendan Degnan. Sixth man of the year. Talks about it frequently. Fifth uh, man of the year. Oh yeah, that's right. Fifth man of the year. We, uh, Talk about it frequently. So uh, Deggs and I coached together at EWG. Um, great dude. One of the greatest guys I've ever met. Uh, shout out to him here going with the fourth pick. I'll have to uh, timestamp this and text it to him. Um, he listens to the pods just to uh, give me slack. But, um, you know, I think fifth man of the year, Warriors add some depth with Deggs. Um, you know, he's, he's get that Al Horford vibe uh, with his age. Uh, since he's such an old man, you know, he's got that, that dad strength. Yeah. The dad strength, given that veteran presence, uh, he does a good job of showing the dad strength in practice when he's uh, going up for layups, uh, you know, and, and showing the kids what to do when we're coaching. But, um, you know, I think he'd be a great pick here. He's a great addition to any team. Um, comes late to every game, always in neon orange shorts, his Florida Gator shorts or his Duke blue devil shorts. Cause he's a big uh, college basketball diehard, but, you know, he's a great dude, great player, and I think he would fit in perfectly with the Warriors here. All right, give me, uh, give me pick five. So Sin City um, would be pick five here, and they need a uh, glaring hole in their game is their shooting. Um, and five, they dial it all the way back to a, a former dynasty um, of Boom Shakalaka with Lucas Martin here with the fifth pick. So, Danny, you want to talk about Lucas a little oh, bit? Oh, yeah. You mentioned it when you were just speaking about Sin City's needs. I remember I was looking at the stats for another segment we were thinking about doing to close out the podcast. And I was looking at like where every team lacks and with Sin City, the big thing for them is definitely three point shooting. And that's not to say like someone like, uh, what's their point guard Taj. That's not to say he's a bad guard. I think he's a very talented guard to have in the league, but having someone like Lucas there that can knock down the shot for you will be critical for close games for them i think even still even if it's not lucas martin specifically if you can get someone that can knock down threes for you that is gonna be a pretty scary lineup i think but lucas was one of those guys that he might hit 
six or seven in a game and really put it away. He was on that team that they only had four guys show up and they all had uh, 20 point triple doubles. Yeah. Shout out. Boom. Mark Belleville. Jose. One of the, one of the franchises that we really wish was still here. They're I like mean, the, uh, if you want to, a lot of the guys that. are still here. I mean, like in bits and pieces throughout the league, but I mean, their numbers are dwindling. If you want to get dial it back, give a comparison. They're like the, uh, what could have been of the OKC thunder with Harden, mm, exactly. Harden Durant and uh, Westbrook. So, mm. um, you know, they were a dynasty that ended too soon. Mm. Funny enough, pick number six is another former boom shakalaka. It's also a homecoming of sorts because he played for this team for one year and he's returning to the promised land. Uh, pick number six, we have the halfway crooks taking Brandon Sweeney. Yeah, so they take the red mamba here, reunite them uh, back with the halfway crooks and Joey Zacco. Um, Sweeney was a big man and I, you know, I picked this because I think they could benefit from a twin towers or having another big come off the bench to give Winchell a little bit of a break. Um, you know, we saw that last week when Winchell was off the floor, they struggled to rebound the ball. Um, and I think Sweeney's a, a big man who can shoot the ball kind of plays like a stretch four. um, in a way, you know, we love our stretch fours over at the Dewey's boys. Um, and I think this is a great pick for him, for, for him and the halfway crooks here. It's another reunification, uh, similar to the ozone reunification with Noah Berg. But, you know, I think, um, I think Scal comes back here and, uh, and fits right in with the halfway crooks, um, at pick six. Give me pick seven. So pick seven goes to only the fam, um, being up there in, in the out in of the, the lottery seven. can you believe out, it out out of the lotto the legacy league's lotto um and they take um you know wwe up and coming superstar joey bones coro what do you have to say about that danny i so that was a pick that i feel like a lot of these picks we had both said a name and we were like okay this is going to be the pick this one i was like all right it's pick seven it's only the fan who you take it and you were immediately like give me joey coro I was like, why are you picking Joey Coro? I mean, you're not wrong that only the fam does lack in a little bit of height. And he is a kind of guy that can go and get you any rebound that comes your way. And he's also probably going to be able to jump over anybody else. He's also, I don't know if hothead's the right word, but I mean, he has a flair for the dramatic. He's a, he's a semi-professional wrestler. So, I mean, what else would you want on your team other than somebody who's going to rebound the ball, hopefully play a little bit of defense, but also just be one of the craziest people out there. You know, I think a great team, if they ever want to make another team to add to legacy leagues consists of Joey Coro and Dexter Lou at the helm of the team. Um, and you get the wrestlers together and uh, just let them go crazy. It's a name. You we can call it the actually, new world Dexter. order. Yeah. Yeah. We forgot about Dexter Lou. So shout out to Dex. Uh, if you're listening. I thought Dexter is still technically playing. He just hasn't played yet. Is he with, uh, oh, yeah, he is with Halfway. That's right. Dexter hasn't played yet. So, mm. yeah, if Joey Coro wants to come start a team with Dexter Lou, um, you know, start it back up, get the wrestlers going. All right. At the eighth pick, this is kind of something that I think is a little funny because it's something that the werewolves have done in the past where they kind of scalp a good player from a former team that's not around anymore. They were going to do it with Jose and it didn't work out. They did it with Brian Yarsi before he came to the Duyes boys. But this time we're having them do it with former Swish Kebab and former good you, Randy Butler. Yeah, one of the Butler brothers. Throwback to his brother Dell as well. Um, Randy Butler was on good you the year we faced him in the championship. All around great player. 
could be the steal of the draft right here at pick eight. Randy actually was not on that good U team when we played them. Was Oh, he was there the year after. Yeah. So Randy was there last year. Sorry, the correction there. Good job, Danny. Um, I think could be the steal of the draft here. Randy can score the ball and gives you a hell of a time. Great kid. Fits in with the chemistry of the werewolves here. I think it gives Brian a, another guy similar to the Dave Campbell role who can kind of do everything, bring the ball up, uh, take a little bit off of Brian's shoulders. And I think uh, Randy's a great pick here for them at eight. If we did have this Legacy Leaks draft, which I think could be a great idea, Joey, if you want to give us a credit. Well, Danny and I will announce the whole draft. We'll do it like, uh, who's the guy that always uh, does the picks for the NFL? He always says he's going to be a bust during the draft. Oh, um, Mel Kuyper? Yeah, yeah. It, we could we could do the Mel Kuyper role of the Legacy Leaks draft. So give us the reins. We'll, we'll make it happen. Uh, but I think the werewolves take Randy Butler here at eight. And then uh, uh, Randy Butler, also a star-studded flag football player in his stud. own right. So, I mean, super athletic, no matter what. Yeah, so then uh, I'll announce the ninth pick because it's going to be near and dear to our hearts for the Duyas boys. I, I want you to talk about him too because you think so highly of him, and then I, I'll take 10. Okay, So cool. you, you announce this one and talk about it, and I'll announce and talk about 10. So the ninth pick, where the Duyas boys will be picking, we're going to take Jason LaRosier, um, former Ozone boy. Um, absolute stud um, of a player. Kid was a monster. Um, fits right into our team, talks a lot of crap uh, when he's out there, but he backs it up, can do everything, freak athlete. Um, you know, I think it'd be another potential steal of the draft here for us to get him at nine, you know, and uh, really add to those athletic wings. He can play down low like a big. He kind of did that role for Ozone, but, you know, fitting him in a team with Shane, Zach, Brian, Vinny, Brian, I'm sorry, Shane, Zach, Brian, Vinny, Johnny. Uh, fitting him with that lineup, fitting him with uh, that lineup would be great, and I think he'd fit in well with us there. So if we do a draft, we're taking Jason at nine. Mm. And I will say before I announce the tenth pick, I mean, for if anybody's listening and they're as well versed on like the old names as us, and they're like, "Where is this person? Where is that person? Like, why are you making some of these picks?" Just to keep it a little more current, we've kept it at last two seasons so if a guy has played in the la in the summer 19 or the summer 21 season we made them eligible for the draft so, so if you're wondering why like wait what i was gonna say why guys like nate stitchell are in here right? yeah exactly that was the name i was gonna bring up but somebody that has been around for a very long time they have not been around this year i don't know if it's just if it's a joey zacco situation where they're on the roster but they're not playing or they're just not playing at all but lob city would be picking at 10 and at first glance, you want them to just rescind the rights to their pick. They don't need anybody. But if they were going to pick somebody, I'm taking Greg Bell because Greg Bell was kind of like a, a second, an auxiliary to Shane Patrick, where he's a big guy and he has, he has a temper behind him. I've seen him to get thrown out of games in like the first five minutes and then just leave the gym. Yeah. So I think if Shane and Greg Bell were ever to get into it in a game, somebody would get killed. Um, and, and, you know, we love Greg. Greg's actually a really cool dude. Um, mm. I remember vividly, I went up to Greg one time before a game and said, I think they were playing the pizza rolls. And I said, Greg, you're going to drop 60 tonight, huh? He goes, I don't know, man. We'll see. Took his glasses off, went out on the court and dropped 60 points. So I'd like it was to a league record until Jose knocked it off the next year, the next year. Um, but actually, anybody it, that doesn't know the pizza rolls were essentially the bogey kicks. Were, was it the next year or was it the next game? Uh, what do you mean? 
that Jose broke the record. Are you sure? No, that was a year later. Okay, okay. I just wanted to double check. But um, yeah, Jose broke it the next year. Um, but he dropped 60. The night I told him, go drop 60. So I'd like to take a little bit of credit for that. But Greg Bell seems like a Lob City player. Um, talks a lot of crap. Can play really well down low. Backs it up. Big dude. Um, you know, he's got all the tats. He's ready to rock. He's ready to go. Um, not a yeah. guy I would want to square up with in the dark alley. Promise you that. Um, be a great pick here for Lob at 10. Yeah, I think of all of the names that we listed out here, there's only one that has actually played with Lob, and that's Joey Coro. He played with them in the winter. But if there's anybody on this list that exemplifies Lob City basketball, I think it's Greg Bell. No doubt. No doubt yeah. here. So I think that's perfect for them. Um, Joey, this is a great idea. I think we should do a Legacy Leagues draft, turn into a draft league. Um, yeah, why don't we why don't we host the uh, the All Star Game draft if we ever get back to the All Star Game draft? Because a few years ago it was just hey we're gonna pick the teams and you're gonna show up. Yeah, Joey, let us let us host the All Star draft. Put us on a Twitch stream during the game. Danny and I will commentate it because you know I'm not gonna be in the All Star game for sure. Promise you that. If I am, someone's a miracle worker. But yeah, we'll we'll, we'll do it. We'll we'll uh, we'll make it fun. Um, but I think this was a great podcast this week, Danny. I think we have some good matchups oh, to look yeah. forward to. Uh, I like the segment that we decided to do with the draft. I think it'll be fun. Um, you know, and I can't wait to see how the games play out this week and we get to talk about them again next week. Yeah, exactly. I mean, we met, we talked about the week four matchups briefly today and that's going to finish it off for today, but we're going to come back next week. We're going to talk about week four after we see how it plays out. We're going to talk about week five. We'll find another little fun segment like this. We'll keep it spicy. We'll keep it interesting because we want you to enjoy this. Yeah, and it seems like everybody's liking it so far, except for a select few. Hopefully, we didn't offend anybody this week. Uh, yeah, I mean, I ho- hopefully, we get on people's better sides today. But if not, we've still got like five or six weeks for it. Yeah, show us something to give us, you know, so we can speak highly of you on yeah. this podcast. And, uh, you know, we'll do it. We'll give everybody their due diligence if they show us that. So we have no uh, hatred in our heart for anybody. We want to give everybody the love that they deserve. So, um, you know. Keep giving us the feedback about how you guys like the podcast. Maybe some ideas for some segments you want to hear. We got five weeks left. Actually, potentially more because we could probably do a podcast during the playoffs. I think they do usually do them during the playoffs. So Yeah, we could do at least one. Yeah, absolutely. So if you guys wanted to keep here, uh, keep uh, hearing me and Danny talk back and forth about the league, let us know some uh, segment ideas you want to hear. And, uh, you know, we look forward to talking to you guys next week. Yeah, that, I, as I said, that's going to wrap it up for this week. Uh, be sure to tune into the Johnson Rec Center. Be sure to tune into the Snapchat. Be sure to vote for Vincent Volpe for Player of the Week before the poll closes. <laughs> Give him all the votes. Yeah, exactly. All right. But anyways, that's going to do it for us this week. Uh, everybody stay blessed. <laughs>